Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us. And that's why we're asking for your support. If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well. It's only five bucks a month for all these extras. And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air. Become an EPP now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. On today's show, the bond between the person and a beloved pet can be very strong, but can it endure after the person has passed away? Spirits that haunt a home in disrepair like it just the way it is. What happens when the home starts to get fixed up? Two friends have walked the same rail line a hundred times to get to their favorite fishing spot. But what happens when there's suddenly a new landmark that appears one day and vanishes the next? Could they have been given a glimpse into a different time? And an elderly woman still calls upon her deceased husband for honeydews. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. So, honeydews, is that like she wants more melon? No, it's like, <laughs> honey, can you uh, uh, hang uh. this? Honey, can you fix this? That's a term I've never really used. Really? No. Well, no. Mo- most of the time, it's women that use it for men. Sure. Sure. It's things that we can't usually, or not can't, but usually it. It's more in the realm of what the man of the house does mm-hmm. versus the female. So it could be kind of reversed in this household sometimes. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Depending on what we're, we're talking about. <laughs> but uh, that's interesting. Uh, interesting stories. I'm excited about those. Of course, the phone number is 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, if you're not an EPP yet, please consider becoming one and keep our show alive. You do it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Your support is what keeps us going. Let's uh, let's kick off the show today with a letter that was written into us by Sean. Sean says, hello, guys. Found your station on YouTube a while back and have been hooked ever since. I think the paranormal is interesting, but would never actually take up or pursue paranormal investigation. Listening to stories or watching documentaries are as close as I feel comfortable with dealing with. It would be just my luck that something would follow me home or attach themselves to me. I kind of have the same outlook that Sean here does. I do, too. So, I completely understand. Continuing on, I like to think that I'm pretty open-minded about this this, uh, kind of stuff, and I am more so now than I've ever been because of different things that have happened in my life over the past few years. Back in 2009, around my senior year of undergrad, my parental grandmother passed away due to complications with diabetes. It's paternal. Paternal, I'm sorry. It makes a difference. What, what What did I say? Parental. Parental. Paternal. Parental would mean that that he was raised by probably, her. 
Or it probably doesn't mean anything at all. It's probably just never used in that term. No. Eh, anyhow, there you go. Paternal. <laughs> Continuing on. With a lot of, while a lot of family was uh, there during her passing, we were all in the emergency room with my grandfather. They tried to resuscitate her about two or three times before my grandfather chose to stop as he felt she was suffering. I felt like I didn't have the type of closure with her like I wanted. Earlier that year, I got into a car accident. It was nothing major, but to repair my old jalopy would cost way more than it was worth to fix. Money was tight around that time. My grandmother approached my father in secret and offered to pay half with whatever car we chose to buy. I had no idea about this until a little while after she passed away. I'd be lying if I said that uh, to this day her death doesn't bother me. She and I were very close. My birthday was a few days before hers, and when I was born, she called me her little birthday gift. But I had gotten better about it over the years. Fast forward about a year later, strange things started to happen around my house, namely with our dog. Little weird things would happen from time to time. Lights and TVs coming on by themselves, which to this day, I like to convince myself were caused by a faulty short in the wires somewhere. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But this one incident stands out to me, or stands out most to me. Before I explain further about what happens next, let me give you little context. My parents and I own a West Highland white terrier named Westy that my grandmother was crazy about. Whenever the holidays would roll around or we would go visit her, her we would bring Westy along with the two of them. Along with the two of them, were uh, they were inseparable. They enjoyed each other's company and would play fetch all day together. But a year after her death, occasionally some nights, Westy would whimper and whine but would stop whenever... Someone approached him. He's a good dog, but he wanders around at night and pees on stuff, so we usually use a baby gate to keep him in the bathroom with his bed at night unless he's in the bed with one of us. After a while, I wanted to see what the fuss was about, so I recorded him with my cell phone. To my surprise, he was licking or lapping at the air and barking in the direction of the ceiling like he usually would when someone is playing fetch with him. This was odd. No one was in the room with him at all, and he was really excited for whatever reason. Westy, in all my years of knowing him, never did anything like that before. I didn't see anything in the room, but it kind of startled me a bit. I ran and told my dad about what happened, and he just smiled and said, That's just your grandmother checking up on us. It's weird, but the internal fear I had turned to warm, comforting feelings. I guess it's her way of saying, I'm still here for you and always will be. Apparently, my aunts and uncles have been experiencing weird things around their homes as well around the same time that year. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a place after death for people like my grandmother who passed away and did right by people in their lifetime. So I think this may be, or may have been, a one-time thing. Since then, nothing really strange has happened. Westy hasn't whined or whimpered like that since then, and I can't recall any short-circuiting. Yep, let's go with that. Lights or TVs. It's different. It's differently strange experiencing things like that when you have no firm idea what exactly is going on, but I don't think that encounter was anything to be afraid of. If anything, it brings a smile to my face to know that even after death, my grandmother is thinking about us just as much as we're thinking about her. Well, that's about it for my little story. Sorry it's not as interesting as some of the other things you guys might have come across, but I felt like sharing as I haven't really talked to anyone other than my folks about it. 
Thanks for your time and hearing me out. Maybe I'll call in someday and talk about other incidents that happened to me a few years back at an old abandoned psych hospital called Rosewood here in Maryland. Cheers and best wishes, Sean. I do want to hear the psych hospital story. There's never anything good that comes out of psych hospital stories, especially abandoned psych hospital. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah it's never going to be a good thing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a good story, but it's never a good thing, you know, for right. whoever had to experience it. It's not just a, a happy spirit visiting a dog. Yeah, it's like, story. oh, we went through and there was ghost ponies and children riding them and everyone <laughs> was eating lollipops. It was a great time. No. And then I went home. No. It's not never, how that's going to go. Never quite like that. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hi, my, sorry. Hi, my name's Aaron. I believe that after people die, they either go to heaven or hell. I believe that paranormal activity, if it is real, are fallen angels trying to get our attention off of God or what have you. I don't claim to know the answers or anything, but that's just my personal view on things. With that said, I have two stories. One, I can't remember what year or grade... I was in, but it was early 2000s, most likely between 2003 and 2007, somewhere around there. It was late at night when we were when we were all in bed. I got up to go to the bathroom, and when I went entered the hallway, I looked toward the living room, and there was, well, from what I could make out, a figure sitting on the couch. It was it was dark in the living room though, so it was like if anybody were to sit in a dark room and look at them, kind of thing. The figure was looked looking down and putting its hand on its head occasionally as if it was someone who had a headache and was taking a break from whatever. The figure was small so I figured it was my younger brother but when I looked into his and my mom's room they were both in their bed sleeping. I thought it was, I thought it was odd but I continued to, to go to the bathroom and go to my bedroom and such. Anyway, my next, the next story um sorry, a little bit yeah. So, yeah, the uh, second story, I was in my bed. So now my my bed's a bunk bed, right? And I'm on the top, and on the bottom is just a bunch of stuff, you know, storage, toys, what have you. And in the middle of the room, one morning, I I wake up, and I look over, and there appears to be this, like, this demonic-looking figure that's floating in under my light, stare, like, look at me. So then I faint, I get... I wake back up, look at it, faint again. Then when I wake up the third time, it wasn't there. And I'm, I'm assuming it was a dream, but I don't know. Anywho, the best I could describe the figure was if you've ever played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, it's the, the devil woman you can unlock that floats there when you're in character selection. You know, it kind of looked like that. I don't remember it vividly, but I remember remembering it, if that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Anyway. I heard that soldiers used to live in that house years and years before, but I don't think they died there, and I don't think that has anything to do with it. Like, it wasn't, it didn't seem like the haunted type of place, and it wasn't really creepy, but that's just my experiences. But the house that my dad lived in, which was next door, long story, um, that I got a lot of creepy vibes from. Like, for one thing, when I lived, when I went there for the weekends, and in my room, in the cor- in these two corners of the room, I felt like there was a presence there, kind of watching me. Like, I have to keep looking there, as if someone's there, you know. And then whenever I'd play my PlayStation 2, like uh, King Kong, <laughs> for example, I played a lot of video games. Um, there was, like, these scary parts 
Like, if there was something scary, I was playing on a video game, you know, especially King Kong, like, a, the feeling that someone was behind me would intensify or something like that. I always felt like someone was behind me. Of course, I was kind of a paranoid type of kid when I was in that house. Anyway, another thing to note that, that the doors, the bedroom doors in my dad's house, you know the line, the lines on the wood to tell the wood age or whatever they're called. But anyway, those look like faces, like those wood lines. They they appear to be faces on the doors. So I mean, it it creeped me out so much that we had to put put up these like posters on it. Anyway, those that's my story. And the house that me, and my mom, and my brother were living in were was my stepdad's house, and uh, he had died, but that. It didn't happen yet. Like these experiences happened beforehand, so I don't think that has anything to do with. It. Just from what I remember, but anyway, that's pretty much it. All I got for now. I may call back later if I remember anything else. Or anywho, uh, thank you for listening, and sorry that call was a little bit weird. There you go. Okay, are you gonna say it or am I gonna say it? What? Should we start making sure our callers are at least 18 years old? <laughs> he sounded like he was 18. I don't know. He, he still uh, sleeps on a bunk bed. There's a lot of 18-year-olds that sleep on bunk beds. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Now I, when I heard his story, maybe he's not 18. Vocally, he sounded, you know, older. That's Like I said, I listened to the first couple seconds and the first or the last couple seconds, so it sounded like he was... Maybe his voice just changed. <laughs> I think these things have probably happened to him. It it didn't sound like he was bullshitting us, like I'm making this shit up. Right. Um, um, But I think, you know, some of it's just is what it is. There's, you can get creepy designs on wood anytime. And I'm not sure how seeing a creepy woman, witchy woman floating in your house is suddenly deemed not so creepy when he passes on to the next story. But that's just me. I don't know. I just personally kind of feel like maybe we shouldn't use the callers that aren't adults yet because, I don't know, I just kind of feel like it's almost... It's rare that they get through the cracks. Yeah, it is. I check the stories to make sure that sure. we don't do that. But. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I I, I think we, we do pretty much weed that down. Well, every once in a while you get an interesting kid, but... It's a, it's a special case if one gets through. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Rob writes in. I'm enjoying your show. I grew up in Sun Prairie, so it's fun to know you're from Wisconsin. That's by Madison, correct? It is. We were looking there once, weren't we? Was that the area we were considering? Way back, yeah, when yeah. we were thinking of relocating. Yeah, that was one of the suburbs of Madison that yeah. I was really eyeing. That's a nice little area. It is. Very I like nice Sun Prairie. Continuing on, my experience happened in the Los Angeles area, which is where I still reside due to my career. Few people believe me when I mention how many bars we have in Wisconsin, but on with the story. Several years ago, a bunch of our pals happened to be around, and our friend's mom invited all of us to enjoy a barbecue at her place. We figured it'd be fun. Most of us knew each other through school and work, so we never actually met most of our friend's family. Turned out to be great, and we ended up being invited more often. Without being rude, we mentioned that her house and yard needed some work and asked our friend if he was all right with all of us fixing up the place. 
We needed at least a week to do all of the work, so we made sure to send her on a nice vacation. We had to hire a few people to fix the roof and rebuild the fence, but we were able to get a job done before she returned home. One strange thing happened with the garage. It's in the backyard separate from the house. No matter how many times we painted it, one of the sides kept fading. We must have painted it eight times before we finally decided to give up. It wasn't a disappointment when she got home. She loved the place. We didn't want to bother her at the time because she was obviously tired from jet lag. It wasn't until the next time she had a barbecue when we told her we had trouble painting the garage. She got quiet and told a few of us to go into the house. She was scared of the backyard a long time ago when she, was, when she first bought the place. Cold sensations and items would fall over at night. So... She got a dog, thinking it may have been a neighbor's pet, knocking things around, or maybe some people were getting into her backyard. But all she ended up with was a dog that hung out near the front fence of the driveway. The same things occurred, which scared the dog so bad it ran away and got hit by a car a few miles from her house. There was a night her son searched around with her after they both heard noises, and they didn't find anything. But each of them felt a chill at different times. She hired plenty of people to pray in her backyard, did several rituals. They were also lighting blessed candles just to try making peace with whatever it was in her backyard. The solution that seemed to work was given by a Japanese lady to have running water and a garden with flowers. With that advice, she had installed a koi pond. There were no fish when I was there, but she told us during the night that she would feed the fish without having those chills or creepy feelings. Having no experience in gardening, most of the flowers she planted died, so she ended up buying flowers from the store and leaving them near the garage wall in a vase. It seemed as if what was there had left. Several years later, she decided to have the garage painted and complained to the workers that the side of the garage faded. The workers told her to watch them paint to prove that they did their job correctly, and it only reminded her of that entity. The workers offered to reconstruct the wall, but the creepy feeling returned to her, and she decided to leave it alone. It's a mix between a rectangular or oval shape on the garage wall. It turns a dark brown color with a red tint along the outline, but it's older-looking paint that looks dull. The rest of the garage doesn't have this problem. It's only that part of the garage that can't be painted. I never felt any sensation or fear while there, and she doesn't think it's a threat because nobody has been harmed, but she still leaves the flowers out there just to be safe. Looking forward to all your new episodes. I listen to them on my phone during the late night shifts and drives home. Thanks for your time. Go Packers and F the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Okay, so I have a question. One part of the story mentions that she had hired people, the, the homeowner lady, had hired people to pray in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Do those count if they're not like people? you're paying people to pray for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Normally, that would have to be. I would think you know, a sincere prayer. It would be kind of a non-paying thing. Maybe a volunteer. You know. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know if that counts or not. I want to know what's going on with the wood. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going back to like, there's something odd here. It sounds like blood stains. Yeah, like there's something that happened to it. The walls are bleeding. Well, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that that's kind of, there's something traumatic that happened there, I'm guessing, with the construction materials of that garage. 
I'm wondering if they removed the wood or the siding or whatever is on it and then put something else there if they were still going to get the exact same problem. I would think not. I would think that removing that would alleviate that. Or it could really stir everything up and make it a whole lot worse. Yeah, then she becomes possessed. So I I think she did the right thing by if it doesn't bother her that much, just leave it be. Yeah, just let it go. Or painting a Ouija board on the side of the garage and using a flashlight to move it around. Always a good idea. That'd be fun for the summertime. Yeah. With the kids. That's our number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online and share your real ghost story with us. Be sure to subscribe to the show, whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. You press the subscribe button, you get all the episodes sent directly to you as we release them every single week. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. Jeremy Alvarez from Smiley Decker. I wanted to share a story. Uh, It's been going on since I was young. Um, start off by when I was real young I was always scared and I knew the things I'd seen when I was small were really there but my mother of course would comfort me and say it wasn't real so to the day this stuff is going on um, it's a shadow person story when I was about maybe 16 or 17 me and my friend um, messed around with the Ouija board in my room uh, one time thing after that there was a uh, a night where I was asleep and, and I knew this I was like I knew I was asleep but at the same time whenever this would happen uh, I could see everything that was going on in the TV uh I could hear everything. I knew it was awake. But there, I had this green leather couch that, you know, sideways in the corner because, you know, friends would come over over the house all the time. We'd play video games. So we decided to put a couch in my room. And uh, I could look over there and see this man in black just, just sitting there. Uh, I mean, I could see his full form, but I couldn't see his face. I mean, his pants were creased. Uh, he had a nice, uh, I could tell with the black shirt. I mean, just black. Everything was black. Uh, and I could see him sitting there. And uh, some nights he'd just sit there, and a few nights I got to where, like, you know, the kind of the sleep paralysis kind of thing, but. And a few incidents, it was different because he'd like jump on my my chest, and I'd be yelling for my mom or dad, like as loud as I could, but nothing would come out. Like he was like pushing push on my chest. And uh, one time, I remember we went to a football game, and then came back, and I was the cross country runner. We'd run like five, six miles a day. So. I was pretty healthy, always been pretty healthy. No medical issues or anything like that. I remember one time it was like maybe one or two in the morning, something like that, because I looked at the clock. Like I said, I could see everything going on and in the late night shows like uh would be on. So I remember Frazier was on at that time. <laughs> Frazier would come on like at twelve thirty. So yeah, I guess it was twelve thirty. But anyways, 
and he jumped on my chest and it felt like I was having a heart attack. But I, I could feel like, like squeezing that side of my chest, and like it hurt terribly, hurt terribly bad. Like it, it hurt so bad that I thought I was dying. And that was the only time that I kind of overpowered it, like because I ran to my door and was like, I fell at my door. I hit up against the door and then my, I, I could hear my mom running to the side of the house to the kitchen because it was, you know, linoleum in the kitchen. And got to carpet. And then she pushed the door open. I backed off and said, what happened? And I told her. She goes, what you just having a dream? It was pretty bad. No, I was going to dream that. He was really there. And I tell this story to like maybe two or three people. I, my sister and a few of my friends that used to stay with me were younger because he used to always say there was this black thing close to me. I couldn't see it. Uh, we were kids. And here recently, it stopped. That was like, I'm 33 now. That was back when I was 16 or 17. Well, here recently, uh, I was laying down on the couch. Maybe this was a year ago, really two years ago. And I just put my little boy to sleep. He's two, so he was probably about one back then. And when you get him to sleep, you just sleep wherever he falls asleep at because if you get up, he's going to be waking up full of energy. I was laying on the couch watching TV, and I was wide awake. And I see this thing out of the corner of my eye, and it was a little girl. And she just looked at me and said, I want to watch TV. I mean, I heard her. And I always try to convince myself I was dreaming because, you know, you don't want to believe all this stuff. At the same time, what are you going to do? You can't convince yourself something really happened when it's happening. So you're just like, wow. And that's how I was. I was like, okay. And I looked at her and she sat down and watched TV. And I could see the back of her head. I looked down at my little boy because he was in my arms. I was, I was cradled in him in my arms. And uh, I looked back up and she wasn't there. And, and this goes to like right now, uh, maybe two weeks ago, I was asleep. And my, my dog sleeps with me next to the bed on the ground. And the covers got pulled off of me. And I said, copper, stop. And I reached down like to the side to see, you know, see if he was there, make sure if it was him or not. And, you know, he was, he was asleep because I could feel his face. And I got a king-sized bed, so. And he sleeps like a human. I mean, he he's asleep. He ain't going to wake up. He's, he's like a little teenager. The covers got pulled off of me. And I said, I, I, I just I said, hey, I got to be up at 4.30. You're going to scare somebody. Go next door to the neighbors because they keep me up all night anyway. So obviously they like to stay up. And ever since then, nothing's, nothing's happened. Uh, and hopefully nothing ever happens again because it, 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 it gets to where you can't sleep. I didn't sleep for like two weeks after that. So, uh, that's my story. Enjoy your show. Been listening to it for a while when I was a driver. I'm stuck in a warehouse now, so I don't get the opportunities other than in the morning when I'm on my way to work. So, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. 
And um, have a good day. Bye. I wonder if it was the little girl that he saw that wanted to watch TV with him that pulled the covers off. Because it kind of sounds like a kid thing to do. Although kind of ornery. Yeah. I mean, that could be something much worse, but... It's interesting how he was able to kind of reason with the ghost again. You know, you hear mm-hmm. that, or it's like people that... Everybody, how do you deal with a ghost? Well, uh, I honestly, I think the best advice that we've heard, you know, for the most part is usually reason with them. Just explain to them, I'm busy, got to go to work. Uh, if you want to be a ghost, that's fine and dandy, but uh, yeah, you got to knock this off. Yeah. And then uh, if it's, you know, at least not so bad of a ghost, it sometimes complies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting story. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into our show here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, Jason writes in, I'd, uh, I would not say my story's a ghost story, but... It is in the realms of the paranormal. If it is, I'll let you decide. I live in England. I grew up in a small village where not a lot ever happened. It was not renowned for ghosts or haunted places. Just a normal, quaint English village, although the village is mentioned in the Doomsday Book nearly a thousand years ago. It was kind of a census. Uh, I have told this story many times to friends and family and have been ridiculed or laughed at, but I know it happened and don't really mind if people do not believe me. It happened over 20 years ago when I was about 19 years old. My best friend and I, I won't say his name as I've not asked him if it's okay to, decided to go fishing one summer's day. We always fished in the same pond, which is about half a mile from our village, and we always walked the same way, which was to walk up alongside a railway track. It's just a one-line track that does not turn off anywhere and just goes in a straight line for about 50 miles. Anyway... We walked this way a hundred times before and climbed over the fence, guarding the railway track, and started our walk along the track to the pond. All along our walk, there's nothing but fields of barley until you reach the pond. We spent the day fishing, and at about 9 p.m., we decided to pack up for the walk back home, as it would start to get dark soon. We rejoined the railway track and headed home. But this time, it was starting to get dark. We were just chatting guy stuff when my friend told me to look at the sky. No, it wasn't a UFO, but I can only describe it as the sky just looked strange. It was as though we could see the northern lights. But you don't see them right in the middle of England. We thought it was strange, but it looked pretty cool. After walking about 100 yards, after first spotting the lights, we came across a small farmhouse set back 20 yards from the railway track. That is not unusual in itself, except there should not have been a farmhouse there. As I stated earlier, we've walked the same route a hundred times before, and there's nothing but fields. We were both shocked that we had missed seeing this house before, after all the times we had walked this way. My friend wanted to go look around the house, as it obviously was deserted by how decrepit it looked, but I was a little bit wary of going near it. I can't explain why. It just gave me a strange feeling as I looked at it. A feeling of dread and sadness. As I did not wish to look like a wuss to my friend, I followed him to the house. We made our way to the back of the house, and I noticed it had fire damage and still had a strong smell of smoke. Now, I must tell you that the house was not a modern-looking house. It looked very old and quite small, and I remember it had wooden beams on the outside, on the front and rear of the house. My friend pushed open the back door of the house, which was a split door, kind of how you have in a stable, so the horse can look out. 
As he did so, a big gush of wind hit us both. It wasn't cold, it was very warm, and I swear I heard a child's cry. At this point, we both ran back to the train tracks and walked very fast back home. The next morning, my friend came round to my house as he wanted to go back into the house in the daylight. I asked him if he was insane. He just laughed and said it would be not so bad in the daytime. After a lot of coercion, I agreed to go with him. We once again climbed over the fence, guarding the tracks, and started to make our way back towards the pond. My friend kept talking about how old the house was, and I think he was hoping to find something of value. After about 20 minutes, we reached the pond and could not believe we had just walked straight past the house without noticing it. Although we'd been talking the whole time, we could, we could have missed it. We turned around and started to make our way back down the tracks towards the house. We never spoke on the way, so we wouldn't miss it. But there was nothing but fields of barley two feet high all the way back to our village. We spent the next two hours walking up and down the railway tracks looking for the house, but it just was not there. There was not even a sign that it was there. Perhaps it had been demolished that same morning before we got there, but there was nothing anywhere to suggest a house was ever there. No rubble, no nothing. Even if it had been demolished that morning, and all the rubble taken away, you'd still been able to see where it once stood. But there was nothing but barley fields. Like I said, two feet high. We've not walked in a different direction to make our way to the house the night before, and there are only two directions on a straight piece of track. Besides... Like I mentioned before, we've walked the same route a hundred times before and only half a mile to our village from the pond, so you cannot go in the wrong direction. We've fished the pond many times since and have experiences and always using the same route. Anyway, that's my story. Is it paranormal? I don't know. But after what I saw and how the sky looked, it definitely comes under strange. I don't know if it's the kind of story you read for your show, but like I said, I didn't see any ghosts, but thank you for taking the time to look at my story. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Let's do it every day at work. But I will say your wife's sultry voice does distract me from my work. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> Once again, thank you for what you do and giving us uh, who are laughed uh, at, uh, at a place to say our experiences without ridicule. Much love from your cousins across the pond. Okay, I like the story except for the comment. No, you about need my... to speak in more no, of a sultry. Not going to happen. It's a really good story. I do think it's very paranormal. Say so it's very paranormal. Not, not going to do that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's very paranormal. Now it is interesting. I, it's kind of we've had a story similar to that. Um, uh, it was another thing in the woods where somebody, I forgot exactly the details of it. It was a couple months back. Yeah. Um, where the house was, um, I believe it was like in a much better condition when they'd seen it. I think so. I and then think, they came back and it was like abandoned. Yeah. We've had a couple of phantom house stories, I guess, for lack of a better term. We had yeah. a couple of guys that I think they're, they'd gotten lost or their car broke down. They were cutting through and they saw an old man sitting on the porch mm-hmm. with a dog. Yeah, that's and what I'm went, thinking of. Went back and it was abandoned. But we've also had a story about seeing a house on fire off in the distance mm-hmm. and they go and there's nothing there. Yeah. So... I almost wonder if those are like wrinkles in time, for lack of a better term. I don't know what that would be called, but kind of a glimpse into a different time period. Yeah. Just the fact that it's there and then it's gone and there's not like entities there or... Yeah. 
what is that? You know, what that, that, that's a that's a good discussion right there. Somebody wants to open that one up on the, the message board. What is it when it's a phantom house? You know, what's causing that? Is it is it a wrinkle in time? Is it like is it literally like a natural occurrence that we just don't know about that happens? That's kind of like the folks who fly over like the Bermuda Triangle and stuff where they've landed and they've said that they've landed in like different time periods yeah. or, or suddenly they're trans they're suddenly like over Miami. You know, where there's no way that they would have flown that fast to get from point A to point B. And they'd like literally jump time. Right. And I wonder if that's part of what that is. Certainly paranormal. I think it it falls into the I think it was a good story. story And I think it was perfect for us to read. Yeah, it's like a ghost house. You know, it's a phantom house. Yeah. So very, very interesting. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Jill from Indiana again. I was calling because um, I guess I wanted to share a story that is a little on the darker side. And I think I should do this because uh, with this Halloween season and running into a lot of people out there with questions, and I've noticed that a lot of young people who I can see in their eyes, they they want to get out there and they want to do this and they want to be ghost hunters and they want to crawl through creepy places with flashlights. And I understand that. I understand being young and excited or even the older older of us that want to push our boundaries. But it's not always like it seems on TV. I've talked to several of the people who work on the TV shows, and when they run into something really dark, the TV shows don't put that out there, because they don't want to scare everybody, but they do run into really dark stuff. One of the things we were investigating, this was a couple years back, was my team, and it was a, a museum and from, I believe, somewhere in the 1920s. And it has historical significance, and I'm not going to name it because they're still in business, and they still want people to come to the museum. And they were opening it up at night for ghost hunt groups to explore, because historical places and museums are awesome. However, um, what started as a normal investigation, and I love historic places, and uh, going behind the ropes and seeing the things the public don't get to see, there came a point where we went to the upstairs floor and uh, I didn't like it. I just, as soon as I got to the second floor, I immediately didn't like it. I wanted to turn around and go back down and the only reason I didn't is because my friends were up there and I was afraid that if I left, they would they would just you know be floundering. They wouldn't have any way to see it. They have, they have wonderful equipment, and they're very skilled. But if they can't see it, then how can they know when it's time to run? So I stayed, and I'm sitting in a chair in a hallway, and there are several rooms branching off the hallway. I thought, I'll just, I'll just stay out here and just keep an eye on things. After they investigated some of the other rooms, and they were having some activity, they came out into the hallway, and we heard a scratching sound, like a long scratch, not like a 
like a rat or a mouse. This was a long scratch, and it was very prominent. It wasn't a soft sound. It was thick. And I heard it, and it just threw fear into my heart, which is not normal. And I said, guys, and they said, yeah, we heard it. Of course, I'm recording and trying to listen for whatever they can't hear. And it did it again and again. And then I heard soft chuckling, which they did not hear. And so I started trying to relax. The way you relax when you look at one of those weird pictures where it's a hidden image. And I'm trying to see into the dark corners. And out of one of the rooms that is closest to me, I see two long arms on the ground, ground level, just arms. They're very, very skinny and definitely not human with long fingers and claws. And the arms come all the way out of the room, almost to the middle of the hallway, which is way longer than a human arm. And it grabs hold of the wood floor and it drags its nails across the floor. And that's the scratching and it's scratch. And when I saw that, it just took my breath away and I couldn't breathe and I was terrified and my whole body was like, run, 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 run. And I was yelling to my friends, like, we got to go, we got to go. Everybody downstairs, we got to go. And because they're much better ghost hunters than I, <laughs> they didn't want to leave, which threw me into full panic mode. I begged them. I pleaded with them to go down with me. I pleaded with them to take me down. I said, let's go get a, you know some Coke or pizza. Let's take a break. We need to go. And the scratching kept going. And... They were just trying to shush me, but I could see it now, and it knew I could see it. And I did not want to see the rest of that body come out of that doorway. So I got off my chair and backed up, and I backed myself all the way down the stairwell. And I was in tears by the time I got to the first floor, and I ran to, we have a pastor in our group, and I said, you need to get up there and you need to get them down. They won't listen to me. And about that time we hear one of the men upstairs yell and he's saying, get it off me. And he's down on the ground and I can hear him floundering around on the ground. I don't know if he's wrestling with it or what, but I was so scared I wouldn't go back up. I was, I felt like the worst friend, but I just knew I couldn't help him. He wouldn't listen to me. So the, pre, the pastor went up and there was a lot of yelling and a lot of prayers and they all came down. And our friend had apparently felt like something pushed him down or knocked him down and then climbed on him or he wasn't sure what happened. He just said it, he hurt, his heart hurt and he ended up going in and getting his heart checked and ending up having to have heart surgery. Uh, which is pretty awful. And skeptics will say, well, that was just a coincidence. He probably already needed the heart surgery. And that is true. But that's what they do. If you have any slight ailment, physical or mental, 
these things will crank it up and amplify it. And if you were, if you went to a location with one of these things and you were a little bit fast, you would be bawling within a few minutes of encountering these things. They just, I don't know how to explain it, they suck the life out of you. That's why I do it, because if that were in a person's home, we would have to deal with it. And we did warn the, the owners of the museum about it. We asked them, you know, you need to bring in priests or pastors or shaman or whatever religion you believe in. We need to take care of this. Oops, sorry, that's my car radio. But I just wanted to let everybody know that it's okay to be interested and in, in, um, curious about this stuff. We're humans, that's what we're supposed to do. But uh, not everybody should do this. So I hope you all had a happy Halloween. And I hope everyone was safe. Thanks for the show. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story and your experience. It sounds like a lovely place to take children. Yeah, I know I've been accused of being scared of everything, but that shit scares me. There's no yeah. way I would do that. Well, those are the things that, that should sound any sort of common sense. Yeah. You know, I, that's, you know. Um, my question is, you have somebody like that with you in your in your group, uh, like she is. Uh-huh. Um, and if you're not going to listen to her advice or her warnings... Why do you even bring her along? Right. You know, what's, I mean, she's there for a reason. So when she's the one that's telling you, this is going on, it's time to get out, you should probably get out. Exactly. You know, otherwise, you know, I guess go at your own risk. Don't, don't put someone like her at risk, too, if you're not going to heed her warnings. Well, and, and that's exactly, you know, why she's there. She's like... She's kind of like the canary in yeah. in the mind, you know? Exactly. She can tell before the other stuff affects everybody else. Yeah. So either listen to her or don't bring her along because, uh, I mean, she's there to help you. I mean, that's, I, I don't get that, you know? Other than, or, or to some folks, is that just like the added attraction? Ooh, the sensitive's like freaking out. That means it's going to be really good. And it's like, eh, no, that's probably means you should probably get the hell out. Yeah. Thank you for the story. We always do appreciate your calls. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Casey writes in, hello, I just started listening to your show at work. And let me tell you, I love it. It's so interesting and spooky and it makes the workday go by very quickly. I thought I'd uh, share my one ghost story one day. When I was about eight years old, I was over at my grandmother's house watching Toy Story on VHS. Everything was running smoothly. And out of nowhere, the TV and VCR, VCR just stopped running. TV went black and everything went silent. Dramatic effect for a sip of water right there. See? Went I silent. See and yeah. then I had an excuse to take a sip of water. That's how the magic of radio works, kids. <laughs> Actually, in radio stations, you have a cough button sometimes. Oh, really? You can kind of mute. Although I've never worked at one where it actually worked. <laughs> There's a lot of things that don't work. Continuing on, my TV went black and everything went silent. My aunt, who lived with my grandmother and was the most tech savvy of all of us, was looking at every button and wire to find the source of the problem, but could not get the movie to start playing again or the TV to turn back on. My aunt was trying to fix a TV and VCR. My grandmother was sitting behind me on the couch reading the newspaper. 
After about a half hour of trying everything to fix a problem, the TV was still dark and not working. I looked at my grandmother, desperate for a solution. She slowly lifted her eyes up to the ceiling and said very calmly, Harry, turn the TV back on. Instantly, the TV came back to life, and the movie continued where it left off as if it had never stopped. I looked back at my grandmother, and she was back to reading the newspaper. Harry is the name of my grandfather, and he died several years before I was born. I realized that my grandmother had been asking her deceased husband for a favor, and like any good spouse, he helped her. I never asked her, but I wonder if she always spoke to him like that because she seemed very comfortable asking him to turn the TV back on. I hope you enjoyed my story. I am now and will continue to be an avid listener. Thank you. I wonder how many other things she's asked him to do. You know? <laughs> I wonder how much the ghost can do. You know, like what uh, What sort of... Fa- can you paint the house, honey? Yeah. You know, how, how in-depth of chore... You know, can you clean the garbage disposal, get that working again? Something of that nature? I don't know. Now, had you been the grandparent in that situation, would you have done that in front of the grandchild? Yes. You would have? Without a doubt. Okay. <laughs> Just asking. Would you think I would not try and freak out my grandchildren or... I wouldn't do that. Or let them... Well, it's not like you're freaking them out. She did it very calmly. She was like, let's summon the ghosts to fix the television. She's like, Harry, turn it on. Yeah, but still, that obviously left an impression. Sure. And I think it's not a bad impression either, because it wasn't stated as like, scary, scary ghosts are coming to fix, you know, it's like, eh, it's part of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. How would, how would you handle it? I don't know. I think if you knew that I could come fix the TV once you were dead. I might have gone to the other room <laughs> and to asked. ask you. And I reply back, say it in front of the kids. You would. Go back you and say it in front that. of the kids. You would make me have to do something <laughs> like that. Because you're twisted. Yeah. Say it in front. Just, <laughs> and call me by a different name. Call me. <laughs> That's great. That's how it would work. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi, you're on the show. Hi, guys. It's Deborah Ann calling from Rifeflip again and here in England. Um, funny story. You might like it. You might not. It's about my dog, Wharf Dog, who died about this time last year. Uh, Worf was a black and white border collie and she was my best buddy. I used to get very upset when she was a puppy just imagining what it would be like to lose her. Sorry. In any event, Worf was with me through trial and tribulation. She was very close to me, knew when I was pregnant. And uh, I had to give her to my mother-in-law to keep for four years till the end of her days because of, again, terrible trial and tribulation. In any event, um, the walking stumps, my new sheltered puppy today, and uh, I was just walking past the place where an incident occurred with Worf. Worf only had one eye, bless her, and she was mostly blind at this time this incident occurred, which was a uh, walk in the field, and there's a little cafe with a little parking lot, and of course she couldn't see and you kind of forget. I, I really believe that humans, when they wind up with a blind animal, need to learn, be taught how to care for that animal. And, uh, you know, so they don't run into trees and so on, which she did. In any event, um, 
there was a woman, very slowly, fortunately, pulling into the parking lot. A wharf dog walked straight into her bumper. She was fine, a little startled. The lady was absolutely horrified, but it was fine. In any event, just as I was having that moment, I looked down, and at my feet was a sliding mark in the mud, just like Worf used to leave when I'd play ball for her, and she'd go catch I mean, it's obviously at the park, there's lots of dog walking. People throw the ball for their dog. I just thought it was a little, um, a bit of much of a coincidence. I think, uh, synchronicity is, uh, what Art Bell used to say. There's no coincidences. In any event, um, sorry for the tears, but it was a great dog. And we were very close. And I always said when she was dying that I'd be walking and I would expect to feel her nudge the back of my legs. So maybe that was just a little sign from Wolf Dog. In any event, I love you guys, as you know. And, uh, well, again, not much of a hunting, but again, maybe it is. Have a super day. Take care, y'all. Bye. I could see it being her dog. I could see it, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, I, I think pets come back, uh, you know, sometimes and we don't even realize it. So I have a very soft spot in my heart for black and white border collies. My because there's one sitting at your foot? <laughs> yeah, she does the ghost show with us every day. But I had one as a child, and her obviously very original name, Oreo, because she was black and white. Mm-hmm. Oreo lived to be 17 years old. And she was a great dog. But, you know, here recently, we, you know, we got another border collie, and her name's Lena. And Lena does the show with us every day. She's seven months old. And she just lays around and she's she's my special friend. Mm-hmm. You know, she just, she's stolen my heart as far as dogs go. So I'm completely right there. I wouldn't be able to have gotten through that story either if I were her. She's a, yeah. I think, like I was saying, how, how I think animals can come back and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was talking, looking back on my my cat Kitty that I had when I was really little, like when I was born to about eight or so is how long she lived, and she was about fourteen in total years uh, when she passed. And there was so many times when I was a kid when I thought the cat was jumping back on my bed, mm-hmm. and I'd look up, no cat. And it it took us having the conversation on the show for me to remember this and go, that's a little odd. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, I thought nothing of it back. I didn't think it was paranormal then. It was, it was like the last thing I was even thinking of. But I distinctly remember so many nights because the cat would sleep at the end of my bed. You know, and, and there's, you know, like, you know, muscle memory and you kind of think every now and then something's happening when it's not, if it's a repetitive thing that you do. But it was, there was, it was very distinct. It was very distinct that there was, felt like there was a cat jumping on my bed and there was no cat on my bed. Hmm. And it's weird, you know, to, th- I mean, I think that sort of thing happens or, you know, cause sometimes, I mean, depending on the type of pet you have, um, and what its personality was like, if it's coming back, um, and it's still with you at some point, you know, sometimes you're just very passive animals, you know, unless that animal was knocking you down all the time. If you didn't see it there, you may not realize that it, you know, is even there. Sure. You know, like how, you know, Lena here just kind of sits around like a cat, a lot of the time. I mean, sometimes, you know, she'll get a little pushy if she's getting excited. But I think there, it happens more so than we ever realize, is yeah. what I'm saying. I agree. 
So, interesting story. Thank you for calling and sharing the story uh, of your dog coming back. And, yeah, I think that uh, it is synchronicity when it comes to things like that. Yeah, so, definitely. Thanks for the call. Really do appreciate it. The phone number is 855-853-4802 to call into our show here at Real Ghost Stories Online and share your real ghost story with us. We would absolutely love to hear it. If you're not an EPP yet, please consider becoming one and keeping our show alive. That's uh, what our EPPs do. And if you already are one, thank you so much. Uh, become an EPP. It's five bucks a month. Bonus episodes of the show sent to you every single week. Uh, access to all the previous bonus episodes, which we're up to. There's uh, 11 in total now. Um, and you get access to our exclusive video content, including that special video we did, uh, a short film about uh, the haunted airport. So lots of cool extras there and the satisfaction of knowing you're keeping this show going. Maybe give it as a gift. A subscription to that, uh, to the paranormal lover in your life. Give the gift of ghosts. Make it haunted holidays. There you go. So check down the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.